episode of Novel Predictions, Allison questions the realistic concepts of aging up. Did he just experience puberty all at once in like two rotations on the? Yeah, see, that's me too. And I'm like, was he just like, oh god, oh Jesus, what's happening? (laughs) (laughs) What hormonal that must have felt like? (laughs) Ah, heal me. I'm Kales, and I reread The Thief Lord this month. And I'm Allison, and I read it for the first time. So funny, like, insider reel, that took McKaylee about six takes to get that right. That's how today is going. So um, you're going to get some fun shenanigans here on Novel Predictions. We're so excited to have you guys join us. It's going to be super fun. Also, uh, because McKaylee is a dumbass, we are having to share one mic. So if the audio is a little bit weird this time, I'm so sorry. It's 100% my fault, but I just did not want to drive an hour and a half to go back and get it. Yeah, Um, it's fair. It was just, yeah. I also think it'll be fine. Yes. Oh, it's going to be great. I think everybody's going to totally be okay with it. Um, I'm just letting people know. You know, they do that on podcasts sometimes. Official big name podcasts. They're like, I'm sick. Capital P podcasts. Capital P podcasts. But hey, we are starting to become capital P podcasts. I think so. I know. We've got some great reviews and we have some amazing listeners that engage with us on social media. So if you aren't following us on social media, please do. Um... And then also, please give us a rating on iTunes and a review on the Apple Podcast icon or wherever you listen to on podcasts, whether that's Spotify or... Are we on Stitcher? I don't know. We are on Stitcher, Spotify, okay. Google Play, iTunes, also pretty much any podcatcher you find. We're on that weird new app, Luminary, that's been... Wow, this shows how involved in this I am. I, <laughs> I don't put us on there. We're just on there. Oh, nice. I, so. I just edit this shit. Um, <laughs> I just do my best and edit. Uh, but no, thank you guys so much for joining us. Uh, we read novel... We, we are novel predictions. We read The Thief Lord this month. And uh, that was my pick for Allison. Uh, Allison had never read it, read it. It was a middle grade, which we haven't done a middle grade mm-hmm. before. So that kind of like altered some of our questions. And I think it's going to alter our perspective a little bit. Like I found that yep. happening to me a lot. I was like, oh, fuck. Reading this as an adult is an entirely different experience. So I just kind of want to put that bubble in this conversation of like, yes, we are adults reading a middle grade. But we're going to make fun of it because yeah. what the fuck? There was a man. lot There was going a on. lot. Yeah. So, but you did pretty well. I am so, okay, literally whenever, <laughs> whenever uh, Scipio's parentage is revealed, I was like screaming. I was like, yes. And Nate was like, what's happening? Is something going on? And I was like, no, oh, I was just right. <laughs> I was right. Yeah. No, it was, it, when you were giving the predictions, I'm sitting there in, in my library and I was just like, oh my God. Okay. That makes me sound super rich. I have two rooms in my house. I just call the other one the library because there's more books than anything else in it. Um, so I was just like, oh my gosh, she's going to get it. And I knew, I knew from the get go, you were not going to get any fucking thing about the merry-go-round. No, I was like, there's how no way. would I? No, I know. That's why I was like, there's no fault for that. There's yeah. like no way. But the other stuff with the kids. A lot of it. You did a really fucking good job. So if you haven't listened to that predictions episode, you should go do that real quick. We'll wait. Not really. Do, 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 Are we allowed to sing that on here? Copyright. I say, so yeah, I would love to know what your initial thoughts were. What my final thoughts. your final thoughts were after your initial thoughts. Man, 
I don't know. Like it's okay. You can hate it. it. I've got I've got some fun new thoughts too. I don't hate it. I think it's probably like a two point five for me. That's fine. Um, maybe a three star. I don't know. So here's the deal. I think it was. I can I can see how enchanting that book would be for children. That's see, and that's the point is because I was reading that again and I just was like, I am not enjoying this, and it makes my heart. Break. Like, I think just, like, little chips and pieces were falling off. <laughs> oh, no, you had an Aragon moment. I think I did, and it was heartbreaking, and I just was just like, oh, my God, I did this to myself, and I don't know how to, I'm just like, I don't know how to function. Yeah. And it was just like, I don't think I like this anymore, and it was so hard for me, and I still think I rated it probably too high, because I gave it four stars when I, like, initially a Goodreads, it was like, this is an Insta five star, and I'm at, like. Yeah, it was a, it, yeah. Yeah, it was just, like, an add-on of, like, one of my favorite books, and I gave it four stars, and I was like. I still think that's too high, and it hurts mm-hmm. a lot mm-hmm. to say that. Yeah, so I think there was there were definitely aspects of it that I got, and like I was I was there with them, and like and with the kids, um, and but I do think I was just like a curmudgeon-y ass adult the whole time, and I was like, oh my god, you're being so irresponsible, or like um, I'm trying to think of an example. Like, the whole scenario of, we'll totally pass Barbarossa off as a kid that oh Esther will Oh, my God. I'm just like, that would never happen! Okay, but let's go, can we go back to the adults yes. that are yes. letting it fucking happen? Yes. That, I think, angered me more than anything else. Like, if it was a, you know, children misfit adventure. Yeah, sure. There was no the, adults involved. There was no adults involved. It was not, like, this thing. But then these two adults, one of them, a They're very intelligent... Everything. Yeah, Oh, God, they just enabled all of it. And it was so... Di- I, and then the two, at the end, when the two other gang members are like, we're not going to stay with you and we're actually going to go live in this abandoned warehouse. I didn't remember that part. And they were like, okay, sure. Have fun. Bye-bye. <laughs> like, what the fuck? And I was like, you don't even officially adopt these kids? No. Like, you guys, they're just, like, staying in your fucking house. And also, mm. Hornet, I didn't remember, but, like, Hornet implies she's a fucking runaway. Yeah. Like, where are her actual parents? Right. It's implied in that little thing she gets in the orphanage that, like, she actually has parents, but they don't want her or whatever, and she runs away. And I'm like, that's not okay. <laughs> yeah, and then one of the orphanage lady just being like, sure, take her, we don't care. Uh, Secondarily, the part where I was like, I am the biggest adult and the worst was whenever Scipio ages up or whatever. I've been playing too much Sims. Anyway, he like ages up and then they just write his dad a note that's like, Scipio's fine. Like the note that is handed to his father sounds like a kidnapper's note. Yep. And they're like, he totally bought it. It's totally fine. What the actual fuck? I don't know. Like that is not something that would ever work. I don't know. I just don't know. I don't, I don't know. Like, and I couldn't suspend my discipline. No, I couldn't either. And I was trying so hard to be like, what did I love about this as a kid? I honestly fucking God don't remember. And I think it had to do with Venice. I think it had to do with the adventure and the magic and the like, oh, we're, you know, we're, we can do our own thing and like running around Venice, you know, and it's just like, God, it would just never fucking happen. Where were the police in all of this? I get that there's yeah. a lot of theft in Venice, but, like, policia, any- that's Spanish, sorry. But anybody, policia, that's it. Anybody, like, what the, what the fuck? And I was just like, all these children, also writing-wise, 
all these children were super stereotypical. And if they knocked down Hornet one more time for being a girl, girl, I was going to lose my shit. They called her the girl so many fucking times. Even the adults called her the girl. And I'm just like, well, you fucking shut your mouth. Well, and the fact that they're like, well, he won't let me go in because I'm a girl. And she had to go babysit. Yep. The boys, yep. Ricio and 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 Bo. Oh. Mm-hmm. I wanted to die. I was like, why did I ever think she was cool? She was cool because she's she a bitch. Competent. She's awesome, but she even degrades herself. Yeah, she's like, I'm the girl, so I'm not gonna go. Yeah, or whatever. I know. It's, yeah. It was it was really disappointing, and just like it hurt my heart so much because I was like, what messages were I being was I being sent as a child? That this I don't know because I idolized Hornet. Like Hornet was one of my like she I like would have cosplayed as her as a kid if that was a thing I did. And she was something that I God she just was I don't know. And now I'm like what the fuck what the fuck and it hurts a lot. So yeah, lots of curmudgeoning old adult moments. What yeah. did you like anything? Um, like why is it not a flat one star? It's not. I don't think it's a one star because I don't think it's bad. Like, I, I would not classify this book as bad. I just think that it's, like, it's not very well-rounded and it stereotypes a lot of different things. And the story, I think, <laughs> was all over the place. What but, do you mean by that? Like, the first half of the book is pretty cut and dry. Like, these kids run away. They're trying to make sure their aunt don't doesn't catch them. They're trying to avoid this detective. The Thief Lord is, like, this mysterious kid, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then we just totally pivot away from that, and then all of a sudden there's just this fucking magical merry-go-round that I would like to say I believe is, like, horrifying. Yep. Not magical and awesome. Nope. And the fact that Scipio is now stuck as an adult and, like, has a midlife crisis at the end of this book is super, super existentially sad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like th- those parts... But, but I think, honestly, those parts where it became really, where we got a little bit of that realism of adulthood, I actually enjoyed. Like, with, um, with him being like, what do adults do? Like, this is super boring. That was boring. a really potent question. Yeah. Um, and, and the, whenever he's saying, like, I would, what if I, I might want to do this or that and this? And Victor's like, wow, I never would have imagined doing those things because he's not a child's brain in an adult body. Right. And... And the it's horrifying to me that Barbarossa is now a five year old kid. Yep. Even though I did love the part where he was like the thief lord at the end, like that's pretty great. Yeah. But that's creepy as hell. Mm-hmm. Um, I hated that they let him drink. They let him drink as a five year old body. I was like science. I know he's got the brain of the person. Yeah. But science. Yeah. You gotta kill the kid's liver. Yeah. So and so and like the. And, like, the sister of the Conte being like, I'm going to kill him with dogs. Like, let the five-year-old baby body run, and then I'm going to let the dogs kill him. Like, there were some really dark, weird places. Um, so, but I I don't know. I feel like it, when I could when I could put myself into a middle-grade mind frame, it was not bad. Yeah. I still don't know if I would have... And I, and I can see myself as a child enjoying the magic of living in the movie theater, of being on your own, of not, like, having your parents tell you what to do, and of this windmill and, and or not windmill, but merry-go-round, um, and, like, that as a concept, I can see that. And so I think that's where... Like, this appeal of growing up. Right. The, the, the appeal of, do we 
live in childhood as long as we can. Like the adults are like, I want to go back to childhood and the kids are, I want to become adults. And so I, I like that part of the, um, like overall question of the book, like where, where do we draw the line between we need to save children or we need to become adults. Right. Um, and that is one thing I will just real quickly say that that is one thing I do remember enjoying about the book, that that was something like when I picked it again, I was like, Oh, I remember that talk or that, that discussion about childhood versus adulthood. And that was something very interesting to me. And so it's kind of cool now having read it as a child, a teen and an adult and how my perspective on that has changed. It's just really, really very interesting to me. So, but you can keep going. I just wanted to put that in there. That was like, Oh, I did remember that. I do think, and I think that's the part of me that makes this book not, not a one star or whatever. Like, I think that concept is interesting. And I really did like, there was a part where Scipio says like, Peter Pan's an idiot. Yes. He like, does say it. He's like, Peter Pan is an idiot for not wanting to grow up because as a child, you have no agency. It's the essential, the essence of his argument. Argument. Um, but I also think that the adults that were vilified in this book are shitty for sure. But like, they are not, there was very little, very few times I was like, that's like an evil thing to do. Yes. There were a couple where Esther's like, um, Bo ran away again and we don't fucking care. Yeah. That and was... I'm like, oh, what the hell? And that was also the one time that the, um, the, the female adult who's like Luna all grown up, whose name I don't remember, with the photographs and the rich lady. Yeah. I just listened to it and I don't remember I don't remember her name. But that lady, when she takes offense that was like the first moment that I saw her as like a real adult was when she was like you can't just fucking do that to children and I know it came from a place of emotional uh childhood trauma for her but still I was like oh thank you for being an adult and realizing that that was not a responsible okay thing to do and maybe that's the problem with this book for me is that the adults I find more compelling than the children like no, that's in terms wrong. of person, but I mean, like, why I don't like it as much because oh, yeah. the book focuses on the children, but I actually think the adults have a lot more to offer in terms of depth because the children. Almost- I, I want to know more about that. Well, I mean, she, like, th- they reveal her, whatever her name is, the photographer's name, Ida. Her story is like definitely on the back burner of like she was part of this orphanage and that's why she has pull there and that's why she doesn't want these kids to go there. It's why she weirdly is not forcing Barbarossa to go there. Yes. Um, and I think that her, like her and Victor are obviously like something's going on there. I know. I wanted more of the, right. So like, but it's a middle grade book. They're not going to give us more than that. But of course they're not. And that's fine. But I think that the, the compelling parts of the story for me, and maybe this is just a symptom of me being an adult where these adults that were letting all this happen and like, why the fuck? Yeah. Because I think Ida has Peter Pan syndrome. She does. Truly. I think Victor is, pretty bumbling and just doesn't like he's just kind of like I want to do good but I don't know how to do it mm-hmm. um the Conte and his sister are wild and I really would like to know more about them their whole backstory of like how all the children got to play but we had to work and yeah because they were blah, like blah. servants in yep. this big house and then somehow they just like kept it even when everyone abandoned it yeah so there's a lot going on there that I thought was more compelling than the children's story and I also feel like Prosper was just kind of like a lens for the audience and not a person. Yes. I found that so interesting this time because I noticed that as well. I was like, you, it reminds me of that book, I Am a Camera, which was based on, or which Cabaret is based on or whatever. But this idea of just being an observer, it's very, um, oh, Great Gatsby. 
narrator, whatever, um, that guy. Um, it, it would help if I had read that book. I could help you, but I No, haven't. it's fine. It's Daisy Buchanan, Jay Gatsby. I'm not going to remember his name. God damn it. I'm a terrible English student. But my point is, is that it, it's, he's just, he's just a person to tell the story. Yeah. You know, he's not, it's a little Watson-like of like, let me shine the light on the other people. Right. You know, because even when Skip, Scipio, I did it right. Even when Scipio is um, going to the island again, yes. it's like, oh, someone has to come. because so they, they have, can watch. Yes. Yeah, so we have an observer. Mm-hmm. And and Prosper, I think if, from the amount of grief that he was feeling for his the loss of his brother back to Esther, I do not think he would have gone. Like, if he, if he was actually a personality that we were engaging with, I don't think he would have gone with Scipio. Mm-mm. He would have been like, no, I'm going to go try to find my brother again and keep keep an eye on him. Yeah. And he, li- I literally think he was following Bo and Esther and her husband, who oh, I don't know if I ever got a name, around so that we could see what Bo was, was going doing. through yep. and doing. Like, he didn't engage with them. He specifically was like, I hid when he might have seen me. Yeah. So I, yeah, so that was weird, which is funny because one of our questions is like, why is this book from the MC's Main perspective? Yeah. And I, I don't think it, it could have literally been anyone. Yes, but I think there's a certain power in it coming from a very passive character. There's, it's not always done, but it's always really interesting to, I think that Prosper is a reliable narrator, but at the same time, but what's funny is that it's not all from his perspective. No, it's not. Back up. It's not all from his perspective. It's from Victor's. It's from Scipio has a turn. Doesn't Horn... Don't they all have a perspective at some Almost point? everybody. Even Bo. I think Bo has one. Ida doesn't have one. Ida and the Conte don't have them. Yeah. Yeah, so it's not even all from Prosper's perspective. So right. I can't even make my valid English argument that I was going to. But I, I could forget that, so... Yeah, so it's weird. It is weird. So yeah, he felt very hollow to me. Okay. Yeah, I don't blame you. Um, it... And I've already made my sentiments clear, but it, it's hard for me to talk about this book because I was reading it and I was li- and I was listening and I was just like, I don't like this. And I was like, well, I can't figure out why I don't like this. It also just felt very bland. Yeah. I know that sounds funny, but like the, the language felt very bland. It didn't feel like there was any sort of flavor. There also didn't feel like there was any stakes. I know that seems weird, but it just felt like a bunch of children fighting. And I also like didn't know why these kids were in these situations and I found myself not caring as much. Like we got a backstory on Prosper and Bo. We eventually got one on Scipio. But even then I liked some of the accusations that Riccio and um, Mosca Morrison mm-hmm. gave of like, why the fuck are you doing this? And we never yeah. learned. He never told us. Why? And that bothers me. I it think bothers the, me. I think we're supposed to infer that he didn't feel like he had any agency in his life because his, his parents treat him like crap. So he, like, found kids that he could be I guess. their, like, idol. And that's, in and of itself, fucked up. It's terrifying. And it's really, it's it's just, it's a lot darker of a middle grade book than I think people give it credit for. They talk about yeah, the winged lions and they talk about the merry-go-round. And I remember they talk about the adventure of it. And even on our Instagram post, we had people commenting on how this was one of their favorite middle grade books. And I want to go, why? Mm-hmm. I don't remember why. Because reading it now, I'm like, what the fuck is this? And it's so much darker. Like, I feel like I could study it in an English class. Not for the writing, because I still think that was bland. It is a translated text. I think that's part of it, probably. It's gotta be. It is a translated text. 
But for this concept of this is a children's book that is very similar to Peter Pan and old grim fairy tales of kind of how fucked up and dark it is, in my opinion. This child has now been cursed to be a 28-year-old for the rest of his life. He has missed everything else. Also, puberty must be a fucking big scare for him. Sorry. Yeah, seriously. I didn't even think about that. And I was like, there's a little bit of something between Prosper and Hornet, but Scipio now has 28 years old, no sexual experience, never kissed a fucking woman. He's got, he's probably, he probably has no idea oh what Morningwood is. <laughs> All of it. And I was like, oh my God, this yeah. poor guy. Well, and it's. Not to mention that he has no job experience. He's about to, like, go get a well, job. Well, that's what he was saying. He was I like, know. what do they fucking do? And they were like, he, he, they work. Yeah. Well, and the other thing is, he regretted it immediately. Yeah. As soon as the um, merry-go-round broke, he was like, well, fuck. Yeah. They all were. He was just like, I just want to do this for fun, you know? And yeah. Prosper, like, wasn't sure, and he didn't do it. But then when he did it, I remember, I remember I was listening to it in my car, and I had this just, my stomach sank. And it was this uncomfortable feeling. Not when the guy went backwards and became a kid, and we learned that. Yeah. But when Scipio grew up, I wanted to throw up. I was like, this is a nightmare. Can you imagine being 28 years old with the knowledge and experience of a 12-year-old child? Right. And, like, where's his education? We're not, like... I get that most of these kids are not in school, but he's got a tutor and all this stuff. He doesn't know certain maths. Like, he doesn't know... Oh, my God. Like, oh, I just feel terrible. For him. That's so, like, all that life experience he missed, that's fucking dark. It's weird. Well, and then, and then at the end, when he's talking to Victor, and Victor says, you can be my assistant or whatever, but you have to tell your dad. Yeah. I'm like, tell me about that conversation. Well, how is that conversation going to go? Yeah. Hello, it's me, your 12-year-old son. I am now 28 years old, and I look just fucking like you. Yeah. No. The guy's going to think a fucking ghost or, like, a doppelganger or aliens have invaded before a fucking merry-go-round's going to happen. Yeah, they're going to think you were kidnapped and somebody's now trying to take your spot with this crazy-ass story. Yeah, also, can we go back real quick to just, like, plot in general and where the fuck did that idea come from? Like, you're right. We went through... It's, like, 12 chapters before this fucking merry-go-round is mentioned, and it's, like, it's supposed to be magical realism, I guess? Because it's like, because that's what I was talking about. It's not, it's like a little fantastical thing, right? But the rest of the world goes on normally. It's not like urban fantasy. It's not, nobody has magic powers, but it's this weird, like, item or entity. So it is magical realism. Yeah. And there are some other magical realisms that just do it better. This one, I was like, what, like, where did this come from? It just feels like it happened. And then it was like, everything goes back to normal. You know what I mean? Like, and there's no idea of like, where the... Marrying ground came from, or where the magic is. Like, I just was frustrated that there was no explanation of, like, the, I don't know, the magic system. Well, and I feel like she was writing this book, and it was, like, this kind of fun idea about this band of kids being led by this thief lord, but then he's not actually, like, one of them. He's in this upper echelon, and, which is kind of where I was going with it, with my predictions, like, consequences of that. Yeah. There weren't fucking consequences for that. No. Nope. And then all of a sudden, oh, now there's a magical... It was like, oh, I need around. this book to be longer. Yeah, it was like, I need this book to be magical, Some have some kind of magic in it, because that's what's hot right now. Like, yes. That's almost how it felt. It felt like a gimmick, because it didn't... I mean, it obviously had a ton of consequences for the characters. Right. But the but, story didn't need it. No, and then when it happened, it took forever to end the fucking book. 
Like, yeah. I didn't need the whole yeah. scene about Esther falling in love with Barbarossa. You just could have told me that, and I would have been fine with it. Like, instead, it, I'm sitting there at the end, I'm like, okay, because the last thing I remember from the book was the merry-go-round. That, to me, was like, as a kid, that was the, the climax end. and the ending. That, that was like, that was it. And I remember Scipio becoming the assistant, and Barbarossa, like, going with Esther. That was what I remembered as the ending. That happened, and there was all this shit. Yeah. In the middle of that. It was like the climax happened way too early. I don't know what, like in terms of story structure, typical story structure, it was weird. And I was very frustrated by it. And I just was like, I don't understand why I'm being dragged through the mud to get to a hunt, to get to 350 pages worth of this story that doesn't need it. And every time I'm saying a negative thing about this, I think like a a page just bursts into flames. (laughs) Like my favorite children's book, just like Del Toro Quest is going... One by the other. <laughs> that is a nightmare. Oh, God. I don't know. I don't want to make you read any more children's books. I'm just going to make you read books that I, like, know I enjoy. Because I didn't do this. You did this at the beginning. I'm so sorry I ever fucking teased you about Aragon because yeah, I'm heartbroken. This is how I felt when we did Aragon, our very first book. Ugh. Go back and listen to that episode. I rail on her, and now I just feel terrible. God, it makes me think, though, also, like, I made you read City of Masks. I made you read all these, like, other childhood ones that I love. And I'm like, how much of those are shit? Like, how many of them are actually terrible? City of Masks is better than this. Yes, it is. The The magic system's better. It's more consistent. Well, and it, the story, I will say, does evolve. Like, and it's it, a series. Yeah. This it, is not a series. No, it's not. It's a fucking standalone. Which is fine. It doesn't need to be a series. No, but, but it needs to be a wrapped up complete story within 350 pages. And it doesn't feel like one. Yeah. And I also, I just think that the story lost its way. Like, there was, I think, I was much more compelled at the beginning by this, like, ragtag band of kids Mm -hmm. and this, like, big mission that they had to go on. (laughs) And then there was no fucking consequences for that. Where they totally get caught by Ida. And then she's just like, oh, this is what you're trying to steal? Let me explain exactly why you're trying to steal it, who it's going to, and let me help you. Right, because she's a Peter Pan complex. Yeah. So I was like, I I thought, well, they're super fucking lucky that the woman having this... Is fine with it. Everybody else would have called the police. And then they, she takes them, like, whatever, onto the lagoon, and they, like, follow the Conte, and then they get shot at, and nobody ever talks about that again. Nobody's ever like... Oh, that's right. There was a gun. Remember that time we got shot at because this old woman dragged us in her boat to follow this guy when we didn't need to do that? The only person who ever has any concerns about that is Victor. Yeah. And then he falls in love with Ida, so it doesn't matter. Doesn't so he's like, oh, I don't care anymore. Yeah, he's thinking with his dick. <laughs> Oh, my Lanta. And then the fucking fake money. Yeah. I remembered that the part The fake too. money is ridiculous, especially because then they're like, well, we can just use it. And then everyone's on board with that plan. Yeah, they're like, letting them use counterfeit money. I was uh, honestly, I think I said it about 80 times on this book of where the police. Like Esther, <laughs> no, but like Esther and yeah. the husband didn't go to the police. They went to a fucking private investigator, find kids who ran away that they legally have guardianship over. Yep. They, you're allowed to call the police. You should call the police. Like, that is a thing. Is the government system got, they never mention police. They never talk, because who catches Riccio? Not the police. The only person, the only thing the police are are involved are when they grab Hornet. That's it. And it's when the, the Scipio's dad calls him, calls the police. Yeah. The only fucking responsible adult. I'm shouting now. But the only fucking responsible adult in the entire book. He's an asshole. I'm not I mean, denying yeah, that. He's a, he's dick a for complete sure. dick. Arguably, though, one of the most responsible adults in the book. Yeah, he's taking like the correct steps to do shit. Yeah. Ugh. God forbid, Sibio, you be 
thrown a consequence or two for leaving your house. Well, and I think it's funny that they're like, I can't believe, like, Scipio's dad is such a dick, like, trying to evict us from his abandoned movie theater that we're squatting in. Yeah. <laughs> like, hey, kids. That's a thing. That's a thing. You're not supposed to do that. No, you're not supposed to do that. <laughs> you're, not to, you're not supposed to squat in abandoned buildings, one. You're not supposed to be on your own at all, two. Yeah. And they keep talking about um, Ricio's teeth and, like, his, in the audiobook, like, his speech is fucked up because Yeah, his, he has a lisp. Well, but I think it's because he doesn't have, his teeth are rotted out of his mouth. I know, the kid is eight years old. God! I know. I'm like, please, do not go live in this abandoned warehouse and take let everyone... Take care of the children! Yeah, Ida and Victor need to take that boy to a fucking dentist. Right, they need to get married <laughs> and adopt all the children yes. and just live in Ida's big old house because she is apparently super privileged and just somehow makes money with photographs, which... <laughs> there's a joke or two there. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> what kind of photographs is Ida making? Yeah. Also thinking about Scipio not having any sexual relations or experience. Poor and kid. I know, guys. He's fucked. Because you, you know he's been hit on. You know he's walking yeah. down the streets as the counter, the counter, whatever. The doctor, the, whatever. Yeah, and he's he's being hit on by some young ladies. It's happening. Yeah, he's like, what the hell? And then, you're right, man. He's waking up with a raging boner. I know. And he's like... What I don't know how this? to handle this. What yeah. is this right here? Yeah. When they changed his voice in the audiobook, I was like, is anybody commenting on that? Yeah. Anybody kind of comment on, the, like, the new Adam's apple? Also, or, like, like, oh, he's got a bunch of hair now? Like, did he just experience puberty all at once in, like, two rotations on the Yeah, see, that scares me, too. And I'm like, Was he just like, oh, God, oh, Jesus, what's happening? <laughs> <laughs> what hormonally that must have felt like? <laughs> oh, I feel things. <laughs> God, this is, like, the question that people ask, like, what does Edward do when Bella's on her period? Um, that was a thing. God, no, that so was, I should, no, I'm not kidding. And we were, like, in an interview, like, we were, I, I saw Stephanie Meyer when she came to Tatter Cover all those years ago. Did somebody ask her that question? Yeah, and she was like, ew, I don't think about that. And that was, like, the answer. You're like, but maybe you should have. I know. But you know what this reminds me of, though? The way the kids are and the ridiculous antics they're getting up to and the adults totally enabling them, it's fucking Golden Compass. Think about it. Like, all the shit that Lyra gets up to in Golden Compass and adults are like, okay, that's how it feels. That's how I started to feel at the end, where they were like, we're going to this merry-go-round. And, like, w- this adult man, who is now a child because he is crazy and wants to go back to being 11, is going to let this kid who wants to become an adult do that without... Because he knows, he's been through puberty, he knows what's going on, like, he's gonna know the consequences, but he's just like, you know what? Sure. Okay, but also, can we talk about real quick how the Conte, why 11? If you're gonna yeah. go back, go back to, like, 17. Well, I think that was, a, that was a thing, they were like, we almost got off too late, like. Yeah, but then go back on. You've had the fucking merry, like, did you That's just true. get off the, like, did you just get off the merry-go-round before, like, Scipio and Prosper invaded? Yeah, like, you're right. Like, did you go, like, okay, it was yours, like, oh, fuck, like, I gotta get back on again. Like, what? Why I don't are you think so. staying that age? Well, like, is, they, but they never mention in this magic, stupid merry-go-round if there is a time, like, you have to wait 24 hours before it recharges <laughs> again, or the magic pixie dust is gone. You have like, to wait an hour before you get back in the pool. Well, right, that's not a, you wait out an hour after you that's not how it works. They don't ever say that. And so I was like, why did you not get on? And you're an old fucking man. Why are you 11 and not 28? Because it's creepy as hell. It's creepy. But it doesn't make sense to me. Like, why wouldn't you be well, younger, but not so young? Well, it sounds like that's what he wanted. 
Because he was right, like, but why didn't he get back on? No, I'm saying he sounds like he wanted to be that young. Because he was oh, like, yeah, okay, remember yeah. he's like playing with the toys and he's like, these don't hold the same joy for me. And I'm just like, Jesus, man, like that's a big, that's a big existential thing that's going on with you right now. But he was like, I want to be young enough to enjoy the things of childhood, childhood, not teenager. Right, but who's taking care of you during that fucking time? I like, know. I mean, it's stupid as hell, uh, but that seems to have been his goal, which is why I think he and his sister are creepy as hell. Yeah. Like, that is... Who would want that? I don't know. Like, Barbarossa, logical. He wanted to become a younger man. Right, that's what I said. He wanted to go back to, like, his 20s, not his 40s, 50s, wherever he is. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Being an elderly person and wanting to go back to being seven or eight, knowing that you're going to have to go through puberty again. Oh, my God, that alone! Yeah, you're going to (laughs) have... You're going to have acne. You're going to have, instead of skipping that and being like, I'm 21 or something. Yeah. I mean, like, haha, I understand. Oh, my God. The sister is going to have to get her period all over again. Mm-hmm. She's going to have to grow boobs. And boobs and hair and acne. They're going to have literal growing pains because they're growing in stature. Like, why? Why would you want that? I don't know. So I don't know. This is where I cannot, my my disbelief cannot be suspended. Why do we like this book again? I didn't ever claim to like this book. I think it's okay. I I'm I gave it 2.5 stars. That's not liking for me. Oh, I'm gonna cry. Okay. <laughs> um, we have questions we have to get I know, to. We should probably go to the questions. God damn it. All right. Well, we have a series of questions here on Novel Predictions that we do, uh, that we ask the person who has not read the book in order to guide them through the book and their predictions. Kind of some key storyline points to hit. Uh, Allison actually did really well. I'm groaning because I'm still try- trying to overcome this, like, illogical book we're reading. I did well without knowing that there was going to be some magic bullshit. Yeah, which is what I gave you. I was like, that that I'm not going to fault you for. But, like, I think you you got a solid, like, A minus B on this. I think you did a really good job. So let's go over what you said. Uh, the first question was, does the MC fall in love? And Allison said... I think that, I don't know that there's any romance in this book. Your answer was, like, not really, but there might be a little something between Prosper and Hornet if there's going to be anything, so. Which is true, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, they had, like, some, she was like, don't, I don't want to, like, leave you or whatever. She, like, totally is the one when he comes back that, like, she hugs him first. She's, yeah, it's very much that, oh, if this this was a YA novel, they would have kissed. Right, if it was, if they were two years older, like. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, that's bullshit, and I'm mad that that happened because Prosper is nothing. He's yeah. literally a shell of a human being. And so there's nothing really to compel her to him. No, and poor but she's the girl. Poor Hona is just the girl who has to fall, fall for the MC. Like, uh-huh. It's a problem. And she, like, like, it makes me angry that she, as the girl, like, basically takes care of Bo exclusively. Like, no yep. one else does. She's like, I'm going to give up going on the thing that... I really wanted to go on and do the exchange so that I can babysit Bo. And then they blame her incompetency on them getting captured. Yeah. Like, fuck all of you. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Seriously. Like, and the fact that, like, domestic things are totally valid and totally awesome and I love baking and doing shit like that. But the thing that this poor girl gets relegated to those without really any input, mm-hmm. or if the, if she does have input, she's like, well, I'm the girl, so. Yep. Not, I enjoy this thing. I'm the girl, so. I will take care of such and such. I will cut Bo's hair. I will cut Prosper's hair and I'll die. You know what? Like, bullshit. It's bullshit. So I feel bad that she's also relegated to the, um... 
only girl, so we the main character has to like her. Mm-hmm. Yep. There's like there's the token black kid and token girl and, and a bunch of white fuck ups. Uh, <laughs> that's how it goes. Those are a couple tropes I named. What other tropes did you think you'll see? Was a question we asked Allison, and she said, "Well, definitely, um, like found family rejection of blood relations. That's already kind of happened. And a very, it's a very Harry Potter esque kind of like the nasty aunt and uncle who want to." mess with you yeah once again what did i say you said the bumbling detective yeah okay running away he was more competent than i expected yes that is true he was less bumbling he's just kind of dumb like i don't know he's he's not dumb he's just kind of a buffoon character i think i feel like he's also though represents a non-evil adult for the kids right which is nice when they capture him and he's kind and he is which we also didn't even talk about the fact that what the fuck were they thinking when they (laughs) captured him what, what are you going to do with him? This only ends in blood. I don't know. And death. Anyway, um, you said, like, very Harry Potter-esque with the nasty aunt and uncle. Mm-hmm. And family rejection of blood and blood and blood relations. It's like a family unit. Oh, and the mysterious leader that isn't what he seems. Yeah. Yeah. Which I nailed that one. Mm-hmm. You nailed that. Hard fucking core. And we'll get to that question. Um, yeah, so I think the the idea was that found family is your true family, and which is a great concept. Like, I'm happy to see that in books. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think that it was not well executed. No, because um, like, why is this person? Why is this? Why are these people your found family? They aren't really helping you. No, they're not helping you in the slightest. They're not great at all. Nope. Is there a mentor? And Allison said this. I don't think Scipio is a mentor for Prosper because Pro- Prosper doesn't. He's not into it. He doesn't want to steal. So I think this is the only one that you kind of got weirdly. They said no, right? Yeah, you said no. And I would argue that both Ida and Victor Victor are mentors for the kids. They're not good ones, but they are. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, I think that Victor is definitely a mentor for, like, how to act when faced with difficult situations. Right. And, but I don't know if Ida's a mentor. Like, God, she just feels like a fucking enabler. She, right. She just wants to be a child. Mm-hmm. Like, she just wants to be a kid with them and, like, be their best friends. Yeah. So I don't know that she's a mentor, really. And she, they're also, like, she and Victor are also very deceptive. And, and they, like, lie to spring Hornet from the oh, orphanage. Yeah. And they lie to Esther to try to... And all the, the disguises and stuff. Yeah, yeah so they're know. not great examples for, like how to not be a thief and a liar, which I don't think is the, like, I don't, I think we're not supposed to vilify those feats or those um, traits in this book, but it was one of those things where I was like, you're kind of a mentor to these kids, like, for how to continue being liars. Yes. Um, Which is weird. It is weird. So yeah, not great. Not great. But I think you're right. I think I, they were more mentory than I expected. I mean, I think, I think, like, out of any of the questions, like, that was just the one that was, like, not... I don't know. It is... I didn't expect... I did not expect Victor to be the mentor. Yeah, I think he did... I, I think it's a weird mentor thing. Like, not a Dumbledore mentor thing, but more of, like, a... Like, a side one. You know, of somebody who, like, helps out in certain ways. Because I definitely think he teaches the kids something. I think yeah. he teaches Prosper something. And I think the kids teach him something. You know, a little bit about... Yes. I think that's true. Yeah. I think it's more of a mutual... Which is valid. Yeah. Um, who's going to die? Allison said. 
if anyone dies, it'll probably be as <laughs> sad as this is. Um, it'll probably be one of the other two kids in the crew. No one. She said if it was gonna be anybody, it was going to be the other two kids in the crew. But she really didn't think anybody was gonna die. Yeah, and nobody did die. Nope, nobody does die. Not even Barbarossa from the dogs. Yeah. <laughs> I think. God, it's so creepy. When it is creepy. Whenever she said that, I literally rewound it. Was like, what? Like, are you saying like, that you're what gonna the fuck? let your like you're gonna Ramsey Bolton this fucking baby child? Yeah. Um. Anyway, I think I would have not been opposed to people dying. Like, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe it would have like spiced up the story a little <laughs> bit more. Yeah, I really I don't know. Maybe like if Esther has been died. That would have made more. But how would they have died? I don't know. It's like somebody would have to murder them. So, I don't know. I think it just didn't feel like anyone was going to die, and it would have been hard to sell a death in this book. I agree. Um, put their corpse on the merry-go-round and goes backwards. Oh my God. <laughs> but do they just stay dead and age? Yeah, I don't know. Like, like, how far can you go in this merry-go-round? Can you, like, be 106? It's very weirdly tuck everlasting. That, I don't know. That was something that I we haven't talked about, but I thought... My instinct whenever they put Barbarossa on the thing is they were going to do it the other way and age him up until he died. That's what I thought was going to happen. Like, they were going to, like, reverse Benjamin Button him and, and send him to his, a great, his, you know, Graver, old age. Yeah. And then when they aged him down to a baby, I was like, this is worse. Now you have to fucking deal with him. Yeah. Like, not that I want them to be murderers. But I feel like that was, whenever they put him on, he was like, oh, age me down. I thought they were going to trick him and do him the other way. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, well, now you just made him a child. Great. Great. Or and I, or even, like, they made him, like, a literal infant. <laughs> that would have been be- even better. Yeah. I would have Because like, then they could have, like, because then they could have at least uh, nature nurtured him a little bit more and, like, put hopefully. him in an yeah. orphanage or, like, give him to Esther as a baby and she yeah. could have raised him as a spoiled brat or something. Right. But... Ugh. Yeah. But then I, if he was a baby, does he still have his memories? Just the inability to do it because terrifying. he has a fight. I can't. I that's can't. such a punishment. Oh my god. But that's why I was like, well, they either make him crazy old and he'll die, or like I was expecting literally it to stop and there's like a skeleton. <laughs> <laughs> I think I would have liked that better than the annoying five year old. Yeah. Um who's five, by the way? And Bo is five. Does Cornelia not funk not have a concept of, of five year olds? Yeah. I taught preschool. Oh, yeah. Bo is the most fucking eloquent five-year-old I've ever met in my life. Right! Like, what the hell? Like, he's at least eight, and Riccio feels like he's ten. God, no. Yeah, the, Bo being five, and Barbarossa being five is fine, because he's an adult brain in a five-year-old body. I guess. But Bo being five is bullshit. Bullshit. Like, he is way too, like narrow, like, straight and narrow, like, I'm having a thought and I'm following it all the way through. Yeah. And, like, I have, like, I don't know. There's no, like, this sporadic five-year-old thing that happens. Also, can we talk about the fact that their mother just died and there's no, like, trauma revisiting of that? Prosper has a little bit of it, but this is a five-year-old who, like, never is like, I want my mom, I want this. He's like, I'm on this grand adventure. What the fuck, five-year-old? Anyway. Also, did they say how she died? Nope. Did Where the hell's her dad? Did they say... Nope. If he Dad ne- never comes up. He's never even part of the story of, like, he's a sh- asshole, so we don't talk to him, or he died too. Nothing. He just, like, was a sperm donor and is now nowhere. That's the same thing with Mosca, Riccio, Hornet, we get a little bit of an implication, 
But we don't know anywhere where these misfits came from. And it was like they almost were trying to tell us that it didn't matter, but it does. It does matter. It's a huge part of your story. <sighs> because they didn't just spring fully formed from the earth. Nope. This is not a Greek myth. I don't mm. know, like... I don't know. I don't know. This is making my heart hurt so much. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, it's okay. It really is okay. Um, it's payback. It's fine. Uh, what's the twist? Allison said. But at the same time, and I don't know how these two theories work together, but I also think that Scipio is part of that world. I think that he's probably like the part son. Of, part of the, the rich people's world? Yeah. I think that he's probably like the son of somebody or whatever. You got this so right. Yeah. I said that uh, Scipio was like part of the rich people's echelon. Yep. You did. I didn't get right that he was getting that it was a trick and yes. kidnapped or whatever. Right, but. which is okay. But you totally got it right that he mm-hmm. was part of the the upper pl- privileged community and was like faking it the whole time. Yeah, which is a huge part of the story. I argue, um, it creates a lot of mistrust, and I think it's also when Scipio lo- loses that friendship and it's kind of a final thing with his dad is really what compels him to go in the merry-go-round. Is yeah. that kind of final straw. He's like, I don't have anything left in childhood. My family, my parents hate me, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. And my childhood friends also now hate me. So I should just be an adult and get over it. And I have no power. I have no anything. Yeah. It's just like I lost it all. So I need to go be an adult because in his head, that's the only solution to anything because it's all these adults that, you know, because it was, it was Victor that ruined it for him. It was, you know, his parents that ruined this and it's, you know, X, Y, Z. And the Conte who ruined the money scheme. Right. They and, have all the power. Uh-huh. So the only way to have any power is to be an adult. Yep. That was his translation. So Which yeah. I also think is a common childhood thought. Like, yeah. kids think, like, you know, my parents or the adults in my life have all the control. Mm-hmm. And it's partially true. Um, but that doesn't mean that skipping childhood to get to adulthood is the op- the solution. The solution. Like, nope. Being an adult sucks just as much as being a kid because then all the other adults around you have power over all of these different aspects of your life. Yeah. You have- and I also would argue that, like, parents and adults are trying to do their best by kids nine- a good percentage of the time. Usually. Usually. And I will put that usually on there. But these, I think that we're trying to do best by them. Esther's an idiot, but I don't think... She was trying to send Bo to... She was trying to keep Bo and send Prosper to school. Okay. Yeah, and also it sounds like because she's like, he's not a perfect angel. I don't want to keep him anymore. She still would have sent him to school. Right. Then she just would have sent both of them to school. Mm -hmm. And then you would have been in school, like normal ass kids. And then you would have been a ragtag bunch of kids at school torturing your teachers rather than out on the streets of Venice fucking hungry and cold sleeping in a movie theater. Right. Fuck off. Yeah. Okay. Um, The only other thing that was kind of wrong was that you said Prosper's going to become the Thief Lord. Yeah. But again, because of the merry-go-round, you never would have guessed that Barbarossa was going to become the Thief Lord. Yeah, which is hilarious. It's so great. I thought that was actually pretty hilarious that he was like, because he was like, and then he adopted this name, and I literally was like, oh, what is it? And then it was like, the Thief Lord. Well, and also, mind you, what happened when Barbarossa got all upset? She sent him to school. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. She realized Barbarossa was not a perfect angel because he was stealing her shit and then she sent him to school. She didn't abandon him. Yeah. She didn't, like, put him in an orphanage, which is what I expected her to do, honestly. I expected her to be like, take this kid away. Yeah. Especially because she adopted him. 
It's not even her blood. Right, which is the other reason that I was really pissed off. Like, why did we never call the police, get the kids sent to the orphanage, and then legally adopt them? That's what orphanages are fucking for. Like, I get that kids get stuck in there, and I get that there's a foster system. But in this book, Cornelia Funk has the ability to control the story. There's no implication that Ida or Victor are going to adopt these kids. He kind of adopts Scipio in a weird way. How would he legally adopt them? Nope. But that's what, that's what I'm saying. They can't legally adopt them because they're, like, fugitive children. Right. That's the other thing. Right. Because they we don't know go... about Hornet, and we don't right. know about... Yeah. It's a fucking mess. God, this story doesn't make sense. And Bo and Prosper are still listed as runaways because they tell Esther, like, they left. Mm-hmm. And, like, don't... Just, like... And she's like, okay, fuck them. Yep. Basically. <sighs> Whole thing's messed up. Why is the story from the MC's perspective? Why are they important? Uh, and this is what Allison said. I, they'll probably forgive him, but I think that Prosper is going to become the thief lord. You did, in this question, state the detective realizes that the adults are shitty and maybe he helps them and no longer hunts them. Okay. You did mention that in this yeah. thing. Um, right, this was my, like, rundown of what I thought was going to happen. Yeah, and so that was within this question. You had said that, which was 100% true. Yep. Um, like, overly so. Um, and then for you, you thought of it more as, like, Prosper's journey to become a little bit more relaxed and become the Thief Lord. But what I think is funny is I'm so... I think Prosper is hollow, but I'm so okay with him not not becoming the Thief Lord. Me too. Yeah, for sure. I think I'm I'm happy with Prosper Bo and Hornet ending up with Ida and Victor, even though it's not legally sound or in the right situation mm -hmm. at least they have a home and people who are gonna love them but i hated how like mosca and Riccio were like this is shitty yeah they were like well i don't want somebody to tell me what to eat yeah like, like are you you don't get that you don't get that choice you're eight <laughs> you're eight and you're gonna go live in an abandoned building and we're just gonna say okay no Fuck you. You're eight years old. Eat your goddamn like, macaroni and Victor, cheese. Victor, if you're such a good private investigator, find out where Riccio's parents went. Yeah. Find out where Mosca's background is. Find out where Hornet's background is. And then go through this in a legal... Like, even that story would have been interesting to me. Following this private detective who found this ragtag group of kids, understanding their wants, but instead tries to go about it in the normal way of like, okay, let me figure out who these people are so I can talk to them about who are your legal guardians. Are you really an, a, a, a ward of the state? Right. Are you, like, what the fuck? <laughs> Because, like, Ida could be arrested for kidnapping. Yeah. God, we're such curmudgeonial adults taking this magical story way too seriously. There's all these fucking notes that are sent, too, that are like, this person's gone, it's fine. Or, like, Scipio, the note about Scipio that was sent to his father to stop him from looking is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. A note that says, Scipio's not coming home, he's fine, he has a place to sleep, he has a place to eat. Yeah. That is the most kidnappy ass note I've ever read. And if I was that dad, I would literally be like, all right, take this fucking shit to the police forensic an analysis. Let's find Which this guy. Which is like 2000. It's like 1999. Yeah. They got some of that shit. Yeah. And like the idea that he would stop looking for his son because he got an anonymous note from a quote friend that says your son is fine. Like I'd be like, my son is dead. Somebody murdered my son and is now trying to convince me that he's fine living on his own. He's 12. He's 12 goddamn years old. It's not like he's a 17-year-old that maybe ran away and, like, could maybe make it work. Like, yeah. could get a job or whatever. Like, he's fucking 12. Yeah. And I just got an anonymous note saying that he's fine. He's Somebody dead. murdered him. Yep. And probably kidnapped him in the first place and 
like, tortured him or did something terrible to him before they murdered him. That is where my brain would go. So I cannot believe that they're trying to, in the story, pass that off as a reasonable excuse. They passed off so much shit in this story. There's no way that happened. There's no way that 89% of what they pass off in this story is completely valid. Would happen or... I'm still hung up on the fact that there's no police in this story, except when they took on it. Yeah. When the reasonable adult who went on TV to find his son called squatters... Because, you know, there's a fucking legal system. Yeah. Last question was, what other thoughts do you have? And what other stories does this remind you of? And Allison said... It definitely feels kind of like a middle grade Six of Crows, except for less dark. So yeah, we talked about Six of Crows and City of Masks, because that's another one of my favorite books set in Venice, and I hate... <sighs> but also don't think so anymore. Like, because Six of Crows... Is not, yeah, it's not this is a, This isn't, like, really a heist story or nope. a rescue story. No. Nope. It's a story of a bunch of kids getting involved with some really fucking weird adults and then a couple of them getting their ages, like, totally borked. <sighs> and, like, now what do we fucking do with that? Well, we're yeah. not actually going to answer that question. We're just going to say Scipio's going to get a job with Victor because he's unemployable because he's 12. And has no skills. And has no skills and doesn't know what to do with his penis. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't know how to handle that in any situation. In this episode of Novel Predictions. Because <laughs> he's 28 and he was 12 five minutes ago. I know. That's a 15 year difference. That's a problem. 15, 16 years. It's a problem. Well, I don't <laughs> want to talk about this book anymore. I don't want to do it. We've been doing it for about 55 oh, minutes Jesus. now. And I want to move on to the book that we're going to read for May because I don't want to do this anymore. And I just, my heart is so broken. This is your Aragon moment. It is. It's an Aragon moment and it's fine. I accept it. And it's weird to me because I What are you going to rate it on Goodreads? You said you have it at a four. You can't- I got to move it down four. to a three. I have to do a three. That's where I'm going to put it too. Yeah. But it's really 2.5. It's, yeah, it, yep. Yeah, it lives there. I need to move it down to a three. And I haven't done my blog review yet of it. Oh God, it's going to be really hard for you to write that. It's going to be very, very hard. Yeah, my blog's been doing pretty well, and I just, I can't, <sighs> oh, it just hurts. It hurts yeah. a lot, and and that's fine. It's okay. It was due. So if you're going to read a Cornelia Funk book, don't make it this one. No, make it Inkheart. Well, but now I'm not, I'm not, I'm, okay, but now I'm going to go back and be like, <laughs> I don't know. I was like, I don't fucking know how Inkheart is. I don't know how Dragon Rider is anymore. I have no faith in my middle grade books anymore. <laughs> okay, but that's not true. Actually, let me back up. I've read a lot of middle grade books as yeah. an adult. I've actually read a lot of them very recently as an adult. I read this, I read Tunnel of Bones, which is uh, Victoria Schwab's new one for the City of Ghosts, Cassidy Blake series. I read, um, I read, oh, there was another one I picked up recently that was pretty good. Uh, oh, I read Roll With It, which was a really interesting book about a girl with cerebral palsy and living in a wheelchair and that perspective. And, you know, these are better. I can suspend my disbelief better than I could have in this one a little bit more. I wonder if it's a, partially a product of this book's age. Do when you think did this so? come out? I feel like... 2000, year 2000 or 1999, okay. around then. Yeah. So I, I feel like middle grade authors are being held to a standard of like, treat your readers like they can fucking understand concepts and like, like can take real life stuff. Maybe, maybe that's it. Maybe it's like, we don't need to just like dazzle them with magic that is ill-placed in this story about childhood thieves. Right. And instead, we're actually trusting them to 
get the story. But I would think that, like, that, but that was a concept before. I remember other books yeah. like The Giver or Number of the Stars, or Bridge to Terabithia, Tuck Everlasting, that were of that yeah. same, they're a little bit older, but, like, they still treated kids, I don't know. So why this one, though? Yeah, that's what I don't get. All right, what am I reading? <laughs> okay, so a full fucking departure. Good, from this. thank God. Yes. Uh, I need a full fucking departure from everything. I'm not, I'm in such a weird reading slump. I've read so many romances. I don't know what to do with myself. Another one. Well, here's your hints. God damn it. It's adult. Oh, cool. Uh, it's urban fantasy and it's also romance. Are you giving me Patricia Briggs? Nope. Okay. I thought you might cause she's coming to the store. You've read the author before, but not this series. Are you giving me a lot of Andrews? Yes. Oh my god, you're giving me a lot of- Why are you making me read two romances? I have to read that other one, too, for the other podcast. Okay. Um, this one's urban fantasy, though. I, I'm not gonna know it. I'm not gonna know anything. But I got Alana Andrews. You got Alana Andrews. It is On the Edge by Alana Andrews, which is her, like, bayou magic urban fantasy. We're, like, in the swamps. We're in the swamps. Fuck me. That's where I'm from, I'm man. like, Louisiana. Oh, okay. No, I'm North Florida, but that's still swamps. Yes. Um, god damn it. <laughs> it's- on the edge, campy and uh, ridiculous and adult. On the edge, Alana Andrews. Mm-hmm. What the fuck is this cover? The cover is the worst. Who is this like Fabio <laughs> wannabe? And the gun on her shoulder? How is she sitting on that pickup truck? It's like the head of Oz, Fabio wannabe head. Yeah, and she's got a shotgun on a red pickup truck. All right, can I get this book from the store? You I should don't know. Be able I'm to. Be with, uh, we'll see. Oh my god. Alright, let's just keep going with McKaylee's romance effect that I've read a lot of them. Yeah, but this one is a fast read. I promise. It's only 300 pages. It's only 300 pages, and again, it's urban fantasy, so it's not, like, contemporary romance. I feel like you've been reading a lot of contemporary romance. I read the... Yeah, and historical. And it's plotty. Like, it's... Oh, good. Like, it's... I like plotty. Yeah. it's, It's romance in that, you know... There's romance and there's on page sex, so that'll be fun um, for us to talk about. But the, uh, I think. We haven't had one with on page sex yet. I don't think we have. Mm-mm. Um, but the. Not that that stops us from talking about <laughs> 27 Skip. Scipio's morning wood. Scipio. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's, it's, it's plotty though. It's okay. about like family tensions and magic and weird, like, Across dimensional elves. So. What the? <laughs> I'm sorry. What now? That's what Fabio. He's across. He's across the dimensional. Across the dimensions. He's an elf. I'm pretty sure if I'm remembering right. Oh my god, I'm gonna die. It's so good. Oh my god. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, um, with that, I don't want to talk anymore. <laughs> we, we need to go like drink and decompress. I need. I do. I need a very stiff drink. I had a really great old-fashioned last night. Anyway, uh, cool. I'm Kales. And I'm Allison. Keep making novel predictions. Sorry about that. Yeah, bye. Bye. (laughs)